Hello, and welcome to another terrifying episode of Cult Film Review. Tonight, locked in ice for thousands of years, a demon waiting to be unleashed has been unleashed. What form it takes, we may not know who or what it is, because we're talking about the thing. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Where in the hell are we? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. No. Wolfman's got nard. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get older, they stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult tonight. We really appreciate it. Hopefully you're having a great October so far. Uh, Tonight we're talking about the thing, but before we get into that, do us a favor, head over to uh, cultfilmandreview.com. That's where you can uh, leave us a request for films that you would like us to review. Um, You can find our shop so you can go get a cool shirt. You can check out all of our episodes. You can watch all of our videos there that we have up. We got some uh, new shows. Go check those out. Uh, the Basement with Steve the Interns on there. Uh, you know, the first episode of uh, Video Store Dropouts on there. So go check those out. Then when you're done with that, head over to iTunes. Leave us a review. And if you do, at the end of the show, we'll give you a shout out. Um, so with that being said, as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Wolbeck. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hey, everybody. Uh, so, like I said, we're talking about The Thing. This was directed by uh, John, Carp- John Carpenter. What <laughs> happened? How do you mess that one up? Yeah, I don't know. It's you know, it's not usually the one that I... Uh, JC. It's our own personal JC. It's our own personal JC. Uh, came out in 1982, which the last movie we did, Poltergeist, was also in 82, so that's pretty interesting. I had a budget of fifteen million dollars. Made nineteen point six million in the box office. Was filmed in the U.S. Has a rating of R and it currently sits at eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighty three. Eighty three. It's pretty this, low. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. This was Kyle's pick. Kyle, why'd you pick the thing? Um, you know, I uh, we I'm just going through John Carpenter's line. As longtime listeners know, that's uh, that's been my thing. On the show, and uh, what better time of the year to bring out what I think is one of his best films uh, than Halloween as part of my Halloween pick? So it felt like the obvious choice. So, so Halloween or the <laughs> thing? <laughs> Halloween or the thing? <laughs> no, didn't pick Halloween. I picked the thing. Yeah, for my Halloween pick. There you go. Yeah, he's at, listen, guys. He's had a tall boy, a Michelob Ultra. And he is- <laughs> He's messing around. He is he is fucking riding that lightning right Woo! now. <laughs> that white blue lightning. <laughs> White and blue lightning. I mean, it makes sense. Man, so had anyone not seen this film before? Or has everyone here seen this movie? Yeah, I think that pretty yeah, much we've says all it. seen this movie. Yeah. yeah. We have all seen this movie. Chris, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? 
Yeah, it was like more when I was a teenager, like 16 or 17. I saw it later. Um, I loved Halloween, of course. I saw that much earlier, but didn't get around to the thing until, yeah, a little bit later on. You mean the movie Kyle didn't pick you loved? Yeah, I also love that yeah, film, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about it's that good, one tonight. It's a, it's a good film not to pick. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike, how does this movie relate to Halloween for you? It's uh, it's (laughs) directed by one of Kyle's favorite directors that he always picks, John Carpenter. Um, I believe there's a guy named Mike. Oh, McCready. Same thing. It's an M name. Yeah. Um, McReady. McReady. It's like the shittiest. McReady. The shittiest sandwich at McDonald's. (laughs) McReady. It's just always ready. It's always ready no matter what. It's cold and it's food. (laughs) 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 It's McDonald's new slogan. McReady. It's cold. It's food. Shut up. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That'll be three twenty-five. <laughs> it's not even on the dollar menu. Those sons of bitches. Mm-mm. No, because it's always ready. got a cool name. It's always ready. And that's you, pay, you pay for the convenience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike. When was the first time you saw this movie? Man, real young. When, when did it come out? 80, 82. Th- Eighty-two. I probably would seen it when I was like six or seven or something. Yeah. 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 This was actually a film that like my parents probably showed me. And were like, this is a great one and. It was, uh, I remember being very, very scared anytime they put it on. It was a very frightening movie to me. I don't think I saw this until my teens either, Chris. I don't think I saw it until, yeah. like, I was in high school almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is- I'm the same way. I uh, I had seen, because uh, obviously a lot of these movies I saw through Brother Ryan, um, I had seen Halloween, I think it was the first of John Carpenter's films. Actually, I take that back. The first John Carpenter film I remember watching is Big Trouble Little China. Um, but Halloween and then uh, The Fog, Prince of Darkness, and then I think I saw this and Escape from New York almost at the exact same time. So it's weird. It's a weird path, but I had to follow the path that, of the movies Ryan owned. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Isn't that weird, though? I feel like I saw all those films that you mentioned, too, before I saw this movie, though. Like, I'm pretty sure I'd seen The Fog before this movie. I know I've seen Escape from New York before this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's... I I I can't honestly remember my brother Ryan owning this movie until later on, and I definitely saw a cop. I saw it because of a copy he owned, but like, because I would I would say that like it's safe to say before. I, I mean, I'm gonna give the fucking you know cow, cow away. I don't know what that means. The, the farm. Cow? Yeah, I'm gonna give the give farm away. The farm. Yeah, I'm gonna give that away too. Right now, like, I th- I think this could be argued as one of John Carpenter's best films, and it always seems like it's a like uh, it's a late. It's- Late discovery, really? For some people, I think this is his best film. Ooh, I think bold statements too. from Mike. I'll, think, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think it is. Too. I always wow. thought that it was like understood that it was this was his best film. You thought it was understood? I didn't know it was understood. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that this was I understood. Thought it, I thought it was, and you know, it's funny. Like <laughs> you guys no, liked more even than Halloween. Yeah, that this was. Oh. His, what you know was... what, what? What I think. What I find is really interesting. Whenever I um. It's weird. Whenever I read like articles about like John Carpenter's film career, or when I'm looking up this movie, this movie's all, always talked about in conjunction with, um, you know, Escape from New York or or Prince of Darkness or these other films. It's so weird. I rarely hear. It's almost like Halloween is simply a footnote in his career. It's like uh, after he directed uh, Halloween, <laughs> and then that goes into this huge thing about all these other movies that came after it. It's almost. Yeah. It's almost like for I don't know I don't know if it's for diehards just like kind of look at his other collection of films as like a, a an amazing because honestly think about it like all of his other movies are really like 
they're really diehard like genre type films, whereas Halloween's like a straight horror film. You know what I mean? Like other ones have el- pull elements of different things of supernatural uh, of this or that, and I mean Halloween really it's just a it's a killer in a mass type of thing. So I don't know why it's treated that way when I read about it, but I agree. I think the thing is regarded or i think it's probably one of his best films that's what i mean like it's the there seems i don't know if everyone would agree on on what is i do you think maybe it's the best script uh, of any of the scripts that he's worked with Mm. no i mean i don't know because like that's the odd thing no i don't i don't really know what which one of his films i would say is the best script. not necessarily saying the dialogue in the film i'm saying like the story like you know how 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 it puts you on the edge of your seat because you don't know who's the you know who's the killer in the room basically i feel like if i look at his other movies i feel like he had he definitely in this one probably has the most command over the mood and tone and the emotion that he wants to get across to audiences like this is like the pinnacle of him really knowing how to pull strings and 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 you know make it make his vision come come to life in a way you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you look mm-hmm. at other movies and it's yeah there, there's it's a nice there, balance there's stuff that's that's missing from other films yeah that's like it's either too heavy on you know one element or the other right. or the tone changes slightly or shifts throughout the films like i this one i just feel like is like might be like kind of close to the top of 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 his work of his talent like he like all the stars really aligned for this one as far as like getting it right. Uh, I mean, because like what maybe what you're saying is like maybe some of the other ones push it a little to this or to that. Like they live, it gets a little over the top. Big Trouble in China is obviously yeah. You yeah know. They live all... suffers from like an editing standpoint issues. It's a really it's a really. F- but yeah, there's it, there's a part of that film where it just all of a sudden the end happens. Christine even has kind of an interesting a, a, a different vibe, and he did Christine right after this movie, you know and. This one is definitely a little bit more serious, a little bit more on the drama. Does this? I mean, does this one? Let me ask you this question: because a lot of those films that you you named off to me feel more John Carpenter, though. Is that weird to say? Uh, Man, I don't. In what way? Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Like when you say the over the topness, like some of his films, especially his, like you know, some of the work before this and even after this, though. Like you kind of expect that in this film, especially. Yeah, you like, still get with, that in this film, though. You get yeah, you I get guess your you John Carpenter element in this movie. That over the topness element happens to be the gore. Yeah, the special and effects. The special yeah, effects seem right. to be the driving. Thing. They are they are pretty goddamn big. <laughs> yeah, man. There there's some like really um, ambitious like oh, yeah. effects that they that they go after in this movie. It's really cool. They are really pretty. And I have some questions about that. Maybe we can get into later. We can, yeah, definitely. But first, you know, we should probably go with to plots with Mike so people know what the hell we're talking about. The thing. Yep. Did you do research? <laughs> I didn't research. <laughs> uh, it 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 takes place in Antarctica. Uh, it kind of starts off with this helicopter chasing a wolf. Uh, it's a wolf, right? It's a husky. It's a husky. Okay, it's a husky. I'm sorry. I always thought it was some sort. But huskies are like half wolves, right? Yeah. They're like basically whatever. A wolf. Anyways, so yeah, they're hunting this Oof. husky and they're shooting at this husky. <laughs> He's the worst shot in the world. Um, yep. and he can't hit this dog. But then this dog ends up uh coming across like a science uh yeah. kind of uh research. U.S. research facility. Correct. And uh, they come out and they're like looking at what the hell the ruckus is. And this Swedish guy comes out and. He tries to shoot the dog. He ends up actually shooting one of the guys. <laughs> That's a joke from the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
They're, yeah, I know. The Norwegian. I know. <laughs> the Norwegian. Dude, but here's the thing: is I've been calling we'll get, we'll Swedes cut. all night too we'll, because of we'll it. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, he accidentally shoots the people. They they of course take this as an offense. Something's going on. This guy's crazy. Uh, they end up shooting this guy. Uh, and but they're curious as to what the hell would possess this man to go on this weird kind of rampage. So they go to investigate and they go back to these uh, Norwegians, uh, uh, their camp, and everybody's dead. And they're finding these weird malformed bodies. They decide to take one back, and they start realizing that they're seeing something they've never seen before. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess we give this away since it's so early. Turns out the dog actually is this alien species, and it has the ability to uh, really kind of uh, take over the body of anybody that wants to, and look like, exactly like them and mimic. act perfectly mimic them. Yeah. So you never know who it could be yeah. until it's too late. And that's where and the conflict begins. Essentially, this could spread across the world, Chris. Yes, yes. The computer quickly. tells us that yeah. three yeah, years, quickly. three years. So, and I it's just, like, I have so many questions about that too. Is it one single consciousness? Like, I don't know. You know no. what I mean? No, no. Because think about it. It tells you right away that's not one single consciousness. Because so then the blood it, test is like every single cell. It has its own built-in so defense. If mechanism. it starts mi- mm-hmm. mimicking, like. Humans, then would it just act like a human and just take over that person's life, just as status quo? It would keep. It would keep. Like I feel like, br- like what eating, is the end goal of the it would alien? keep eating new <laughs> new species and and like forming into those because it's, it's like they it's like a combined DNA kind of thing, right? I mean, uh, it, it, it well, let's get into this one weird thing. Like it, it gets to wonder, you know, how the ship got created, right? Like, was this something that the ship was carrying, or do you think that it was the thing that created the ship? Uh, I think it was something that the ship was carrying and that got loose on the ship, and that's why the ship crashed. Mm, that's a be. fun fan theory. That's an interesting theory because yeah. I thought I thought about that too. Because yeah. it, it's I never either... thought about that aspect. I just always assumed and the alien was that's driving why, the ship, well, yeah. and that's why they found it away from the ship because it got out. And froze. It was like in a block, but then I thought maybe yeah. it was the body of whatever. But regardless, I was, you know, is this a like a like some sort of bacteria or some sort of virus that infects and just kills and spreads, mm. or is it like literally, like you said, is it something that has a like a consciousness and it's rather quite intelligent? Yeah, and it can build spaceships. Apparently, I always <laughs> thought that uh, I always thought that it did have a consciousness, and my reason why is because the only character in the in this film that truly seems like it has a consciousness is the dog. When the dog is first walking around, it like is it specifically is taking notice when they're f- when they decide to fly mm-hmm. to the Norwegian campsite. Yeah. Like they shot, they filmed the scenes with the dog in a way that made it feel like the dog was very knew aware of what was going on. Who knew what and, it like, was. As it was like even walking and making its way down the corridors, it was kind of like checking out rooms and was like, "Oh, here's somebody alone." Okay, so, so yeah, any- but at that time it is a single being, so you can't say it has like it, it can have a con have a consciousness, but that doesn't mean that like it's not, its whole thing is just not to kill. Re- re- we're gonna get kill, we- re- yeah, we're gonna get weird scientific in there because is it a single celled organism that <laughs> multiplies and turns into a multi celled organism with one single consciousness? In which case. Why wouldn't it be that wouldn't all be, of these single cells had a? Wouldn't it be like the Borg? Well, the, but that's what you're saying. Borg yeah. is a single consciousness. Yes, right, right. So th- that's. But if you're, we're saying that no, each one of these weird little tiny, let's call them microscopic yeah. cells, has a consciousness of its own. It's a separate from another one I, next to it. 
does it infect and then somehow I think it's multiply those... itself exactly so it's all thinking the same I, thing? I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know because like crazy. part of me wants to be like, well, maybe it's just this like if it is just a cell, it's a built-in mech innate um, function of the cell to multiply and spread like it's just built because in thing the yeah. reason the reason okay. i look at the reason i look at it is because i looked at the threat and the reason i bring it up is because i looked at the threat of it spreading across the world and i'm like would anyone even know because like what if it just takes over your consciousness and you're just walking around like it's your fucking everyday life but you're really an alien but you have no idea no <laughs> because if you like, because it only acts out when there's a threat and it just rips its face open and then tongues come out when like, they show knows? the computer demonstration it shows it like reaching out for what's near it like basically consuming it and then like it's becoming food. it and then and then basically becoming yeah, part but of it. Once that. it becomes it, does it go ahead and just live my normal yeah. life? Or like let's say it takes me, Chris. No, I think it turns into what we were seeing throughout the whole film. It turns into this mass fucking crazy insecty, crabby looking monster, you know? Okay, and then that's it's yeah, true. It's, it's that's like it's final using, form, Chris. It's using it's using the host as a way to hide and move. Are you saying that's yes. like Super Saiyan thing level? Like yeah. that's when he goes Super it's Saiyan. A very Kame, Kame, Kame. <laughs> so, so, so we're talking about like maybe a being that like can only stay in a body for so long. That's what I think. Yeah, before it multiplies and becomes its Event- true form. Right. And every time this has happened, at least throughout the movie, they've managed to kill this thing off before it's actually fully formed. I don't think it's capable of staying in a human body for for too long. That's why it always re- ends up revealing but it itself. Was, it was literally turning itself into like three different dogs when it was eating the dogs though. Yeah. So that's why I was wondering like well if they have they would have to have a shared consciousness for those dogs no, to be, it but doesn't, then, but it no, doesn't but, have to be a shared consciousness. It could simply be a device of this of this creature. This creature's goal is to spread and hide amongst and each animal is part it, it basically becomes a new it's multiplying itself so it's it's cloning it's like it's an asexual creature it's like right. reproducing but itself let's say like these aliens reproduce themselves so much that they're all the dogs now they're just all the dogs okay do they just live their lives as dogs like no, they move <laughs> that's on they move, they move on to the next organism yeah, yeah they, but what, what if they can't move on to the next yeah, organism? W- yeah what if they hit the top of the food chain i don't know right I mean, they're saying this thing. Did this like? Did this hold you back while watch this film? No, I, no this, I'm, this is so, actually, I'm so fascinated this, this by the actually, creature. This is actually a real thing in science. I think it's, there, it's I called think, the thingism. No, no, no. <laughs> there is a, no. John Carpenter discovered it. A lot of people don't know there that. Is, there is a thing where predators will like, n- like innately stop hunting when they realize that they're over overtaxing the the food. Right. Supplies, they'll actually start starving themselves, right? And I think even bacteria has have this understanding too that well, they don't try to make it to wipe out everybody. Can I be honest? Mainly, they know they'll. Well, what about what about what about fungus that? What about fungus that the like? There's the the fungus that takes over ants, and its only goal in doing so is to reproduce itself. So it takes over these ants, it turns them into zombies, and. It basically forces the ant to climb to the highest point of the tree, at mm-hmm. which point a new part of the fungus bursts out of the ant's head, so the spores can be caught into right. the wind so, and spread so there's, again. There's that. There's that type of virus. Yeah. Right. That just is programmed. I mean, that's to, what I think. This is, is just programmed to do a certain thing, yeah. and will continue to program it, and could wipe out everything because it doesn't know any better. But we're talking about a species that may have the ability to understand. Understand. Well. A threat, if they're, if they're at least. building spaceships for certain. 
I right? See, I so don't now think... they know they're like, well, we can only infect so much before we got to hold off because. Yeah, the, the thing that's that's throwing this off is I do think that that was their spaceship, and the only reason I think that is because Blair is infected and he's down there building yeah. basically a mini version of the same spaceship from no schematics. He never actually saw the crash site, you know. He's just building it from memory. So I think it's like this. It's this combination. It's this consciousness. It's a shared consciousness. A shared bit of knowledge. And it is also, in some aspects, it's almost this kind of, you know, um, uh, infect and move on and spread as much as possible. But in this movie, if we're talking about in the context of just this film, it's conscious enough to know that where it's at is not, it's not sustainable. Yes. So the in this movie, I think the consciousness of the creature is infect so I can get out of Antarctica so I can get to a larger population because I'm not going to survive in the freezing temperatures. Is it well Antarctica's not happening. It's not, you know what I mean? Like it's not happening. It's, it's not, not happening. happening. Right, your mouth is. Well that's that's the other thing too. <laughs> like if it, if it were to, if it could have land, landed anywhere, this is like the worst place for that's this why I think it was a crash that's why I think it was a crash. Yeah. I have a bet my backstory for this movie is that these aliens were working on a weaponized virus that would destroy so it's alien, and an <laughs> enemy, Prometheus, an enemy basically, <laughs> and uh, it escapes on the ship. It fucks them up. They crash on Earth. It luckily for our sake, it crashed in the Antarctic. It was frozen until fucking man came along and fucked around down there, and then let it up because of global warming. This is all about global warming. Is people, that what it don't, is? yeah, people don't know, and young love, but people don't know that. <laughs> it's always no, about young love. No young love in this yeah, film. There's no females in this entire movie. No. 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 Okay. No, there's not. I don't I mean like anything weird. It's just I know you just said that. Be... You're like, well, I guess if you that's your perspective. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What sex is the is the creature? We don't yeah, know. Yeah, we don't know, Chris. Not, we don't know maybe sex. Yeah, it's it's whatever know it consumes. Uh yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely uh like it but you know, it is like like eight guys in the middle of the Antarctic. It feels like more you like know? eight guys. I feel like at first it feels like I'm like. Damn, I definitely I think if they remade this track. film nowadays, they'd probably throw some throw, definitely yeah some women in there. Well, they made the prequel. They made a prequel. Kind of, they made a prequel, and I never watched it. I don't think I watched it either. I don't think I ever watched it either. Yeah, I just that's too that's too. I can't but it, do it, that. it does now that you're saying it, kind of like. I, it's weird because you it was know, a weird realization. Like I yeah, I, I, almost I never felt really like, noticed not? it until like, just now. Yeah. I've never questioned it. Yeah, I've never questioned that. Anytime watching this film, it never hit. See, me. I haven't no. seen it in a really long time, so I guess something like that stood out to me. I was like, "That's just all dudes in there." I, did, you know, I, didn't, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even notice either until you brought it up right now. Like, I never, <laughs> it's just something I never noticed. No, yeah, but now that I, I am noticing it, I'm kind of like, "Yeah, why aren't there any?" You know, <laughs> I don't mind. I mean, I'm just saying how it's how a how weird realization. They, like, the, what I find interesting about this film is more of the is the the claustrophobia aspect of it. You know, it's like. Not only is these these people are stuck here anyway, that's their job. They're stuck here. Now they're stuck here and they they're they're basically dropping like flies and possibly becoming these creatures. Right. You know what I mean? Like and that's that that's the real charm of this movie, man. 
We haven't even taken a break yet. We're no. just going to town. I know it's crazy because you say that and you just you you also laid out hmm. the plot for Ghost of Mars. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And it's so funny. Like you it is true though. It's like the same if plot. People get possessing Ghost of Mars? Yes. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, but they look like <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're like mining. they look obviously possessed. They're mi- no, they look like they get all punk rock and just start ripping yeah, their flesh exactly. off. Yeah, exactly. They look obviously so if I'm looking at a lineup you're like, "Well, well, Bill here is clearly possessed. <laughs> he did not have a mohawk yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> or those tribal tats. I don't know. Feel. I don't know how that happened there. You know what I mean? Like this one, it's like Bill just starts eating you. You're like, "What are you doing, dude? Stop!" <laughs> oh, Stop. oh mean, Bill, I don't know if he's possessed yet, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's no. take a break. When we come back, I guess we'll finally talk about the movie. No, we've been, we've been talking about the movie the whole time. About this whole movie, I know. <laughs> we'll talk about this whole movie. This whole movie. Time. I said we just get back and rape this man, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Your move, Bishop to Knight Four. My move, Knight to Rook Three. Poor baby, you're starting to lose it, aren't you? Your move, King to Rook One. My move, Rook to Knight Six. Checkmate. Checkmate. Bitch. And we're back. We're talking about John Carpenter's The Thing came out in 1982. Uh, man, where to start? There's so much. No, I picked up a new one. I got a new fan theory on this one. A lot of people, there's a lot of fan theories about the the thing movie. There are a lot of fan theories. And I have one now because, you know, as the Norwegians were were flying in on their helicopter, I noticed that on the headset was was written BHS. Hmm. BHS. That's weird. They're Norwegian. Why would they have BHS? It's either their high school that they went to. <laughs> not no and, weird, not their college, or you know, and they may have borrowed the equipment, oh. you know, the headset from there, or from the high school, yeah. or it stands, you know, where they keep their micro, you know, microphones and their helicopters, <laughs> their yeah. their fucking assault all rifles, stuff, all stuff high school, assault, keep, a box of VA, grenades, the AV club. <laughs> Or it's it's already John Carpenter planting the seeds for a message saying be hiding shit, right? BHS yeah. be hiding shit, I, I which is something theory. that's terrible. I hate theory. this theory so they much. They be hiding right shit. They be hiding, they be hiding shit. shit. Yeah, think about it, guys. Well, what are they hiding? I did, I did, they seem pretty like open it. about it. They did seem pretty open about it. I mean, they were actively pursuing this dog. Yeah, terribly shooting. You know, terrible aim. Um, Not knowing how to use a grenade. Not yeah, I don't know. I, I'm chalking it up to snow gloves. <laughs> what a great, what a great intro too, and just like way to lay like, especially if this is your first time seeing it, you're just like, what in the fuck are you shooting a dog for? Yeah, oh, that's you're exactly so what sympath- you think. You're so sympathetic for it, like right off the bat, like mm-hmm. you're just like, you are, oh, yeah. dog. <laughs> like, you think these well evil played. people are hunting huskies? Yeah, well, pla- right, exactly. <laughs> Little known fact: Yeah, rich people go to Antarctica to hunt huskies. <laughs> oh my God. I just want to kill snow dogs. Wow. <laughs> but your snow dogs. I want to do it in the Arctic, so it's real. Yeah, I don't know. They don't really tell you what they're there for, but I imagine they're there as a science team as well. It's another, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, these are all just research facilities. They're out there. They're, they're doing science. 
You know, on what? What are they surveying? Ice. They're surveying the ice. They're yeah. surveying what's below Listen, the ice. Yeah. I mean, that's like it's the, the biggest only thing. Reason is anyone goes to Antarctica? Like, no one yeah. goes there to live. Mapping right. the continent, yeah. taking core samples, yeah, finding out what's going on. They're down not there. just there for shits and gigs. Can Chris? I? Can I ask a question that might be sure. a super obvious answer, but I just want to ask it? What exactly is Kurt Russell's job? He's, He's the, pilot. the pilot. That's it. Yeah, That's his only I mean, job as far there. As I understood, yeah. he's just the pilot. Which is interesting because you would think as just a pilot, like they seem to give him the lead role right away. Takes the lead role. Right away. But, the, but you know, like with Ripley, like you kind of don't realize that she's going to be the lead until, yes. you know, a little bit into the film. Whereas you pick it up right away that he's kind of the head of the the group of people that are here. But then later on, he actually verbally takes the reins of being the head of the groups but i'm like i always thought he was the head from i don't know i always got i yeah yeah, i never got that i mean i got that he was just he was part of the group but he was he was maybe more well i this this watch through part of me just fabricating a backstory for him like i thought that like he was like a former military helicopter pilot type thing and maybe like there's some level of like respect or something to the fact that he was like a former service. I was this is what I was building my mind with him. But like the one the the old guy he he's clearly kind of like the you know the head of the the research well, the guy with the gun. gun the guy with the gun is like the head of the kind he's, of research. Uh, was team. it Char- is it Charles Gary? Yeah. So Gary Gary was the I feel like the natural kind of he well was, Gary he had a leader. uniform. Yeah, he was like he was like the I don't know if he was like. I don't know if this is this is the thing. We don't know what science they're doing, so we don't know if this is a civilian science team or if this is a government backed science team, a military science team. So like if it's if it's a government science team, then he would be like the ranking officer, so yeah. to speak. But Garrett yeah, Garrett was definitely in charge at first and then yeah, uh, you know, Kurt Russell can't stand that for very long. No, that's not what happened at all. No. There was a, there was like there <laughs> people thought that he had tampered with the blood, and he's like, and he's like, I I I he's like, I understand if you guys would feel a lot better if somebody else was in charge. Yes, and that's when Kurt Russell took control. Right, that's what I'm saying. Exactly, he made him step Kurt down. Russell in this movie is like the same character he is in almost all his movies. He's the antihero. He's the guy that doesn't want to be. In charge, but he does it anyway. <laughs> he ends up being. I don't know. I think at some point, especially like when they're out, uh, you know, when they go check out his his room because the lights have been on, you yeah. know, and he said he turned them off, and then he comes back. That's a different character at that point. That's where that character kind of stops being cool and he kind of is like just fucking on edge at that point. On well, somebody oh, tried totally. to kill him. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like, yeah, and and you have to uh, remember they're going without sleep for quite a long time. Yeah, <laughs> so you can see that on their faces, like they, especially his character. His character gets really haggard looking towards. The oh, end. He, oh, yeah, wide eyed, very crazed. Yeah. yeah, it's and 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 based on everything they see in this film, it's no wonder. Well, yeah, who would go to sleep? So this dog shows up. <laughs> yeah, back to the and they just start the 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 Norwegians land. They start spouting off at the mouth, shooting at people. They actually hit one of the guys. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's, yeah, grazed. He's grazed. Right. But then he gets hit. And this dog is inco- incognito. It's hiding out. But they, the Gary shoots the guy in the face. Mm-hmm. Shoots the Swede in the face. And this kicks off. This is the first week of winter, man. This, yeah. And this kicks off the story when you start discovering of, like, what a, the whole alien thing unravels and, and, and exactly then it becomes a who. At what point does it, become, I guess, become the whodunit? 
when they as soon as they figure out the dog, as soon as Wilford Brimley explains to everybody how this shit works, yeah, and then it becomes a whodunit. Because at, at the, like I don't know at what point people start getting like paranoid. No, taken over as for certain characters. Yeah, you know that was the thing. I was watching this movie, and I was and I was specifically trying to watch for on this time through watch yeah. for and find out when each character is taken and stuff and. John Carpenter does a really good job of like not revealing that to you, and I think that's that's by design. Like the only time we ever see, um, you know, something before it happens is the simple is the silhouette of the guy in the room, and the dog walks in the room, and the silhouette looks over at the dog, and like at that point, that's when the first human infection happens in the movie. From that point forward, knowing when the human like I have no idea when Wilfred Brimley's character was infected. Yeah, that's the one I couldn't figure out either. I've like, never been able to figure that out happen? all the times I've seen this movie. I did it happen in the shed? Did I it I think it happened in the shed. I think it so, yeah, what I put together this run through this time, because I was looking for it, is it happened in the shed and it was the other doctor, like the lower one. Yeah. He got infected during the during the blackout that happened. And I think I feel like he he's the one that was seen leaving the complex, and I think that's when he infected Wolfram Brimley's character, mm-hmm. and then he he died. He got burned, so I don't know if one of them burned him or what. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 it sucks because I want to kind of follow it happening right, and put it all together. Yeah, because a great mystery, a, a great mystery, a mystery is only as good as how like what the path of solving. It is, and that's the thing with this movie. It's a mystery that is next to impossible to solve the timeline of events of who gets infected. But that's what also keeps me coming back. Because every time I watch it, I'm trying to see if I can find something new. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree with you on that. Like the unraveling of the story is really well, really well laid out with this, right? And the whole time that this dog is so unsuspecting, still to this point, like as it's walking around. Because, like, that's when, when Brimfrey starts, like, he's, Wilford gets on it, and he's like, wait, you were alone with that dog for how long? Mm-hmm. Like, if it was doing this shit, trying to take over the other dogs, who's to say he couldn't do this to, like, a human? Right. And that's when his wheels started turning. So, and, like, it's weird, because was, no, he wasn't fucking, the dog guy wasn't infected, was he? No. No, because no, no. he never spent any real, a lot of time, like, actually alone. See, but that's the thing, though. I honestly thought, that if if you try to follow like who's in contact with yeah. the alien the most, you would think automatically it'd be him. Yes, because he's the one that spends the time right. with the dog. Um, that's what I think is great about this film is that John Carpenter does a lot of misdirect, mm-hmm. where it's like a it's like a it's like a like a game of three card Monty, right? Yeah. Like you lose track of it real easily. Yeah, and then you're like, well, oh, fuck, I don't know how that marble ended up on the right, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it I sure I, did. I, my my, if I was if I was to give a theory onto who was infected first, I lean on it was either. Um, well, we this, know we know one of them. Well, right, but we don't know if that's the first one. Because the, the guy who gets the, shot the, the, is is the first one that we see, right? What the guy who gets shot's the first one that we see because he's not fully transformed. He has the hand. When the dog runs up. No, no, First, no. it starts jumping on a, a person. Who is it jumping all it over? It jumps on the guy the, the that guy gets shot. shot, but he doesn't yeah. get infected till he's in a storage room. So, what my theory is is either Palmer, the the stoner dude, is the first one infected. The guy with the, the with the head that opens up and eats. Yeah, it's yeah. either him or it's um, the chest burst uh, dude. What the fuck was his name? 
Um, um, this oh, could kill me. Oh, I like God. How, I like the only way we can identify these people is how they die. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> dude, head, head open. Is head this, open, dude. Chest burst, dude. Is, is that yeah. Norris? Yes. Weird arm, dude. Yeah, Nor- I think it's, it's either Norris. Norris or Palmer that are infected first. In That's just in my running theory from okay. yeah. in this movie because... Norris does is is the most subtle character in the whole movie. That's that's the thing that I think is making me think that doesn't he have the gut thing going on the whole movie too? Almost, I feel like I don't notice it, but in terms of how he well how he handles like the like the situation of who's going to take over rank, he's just he's very he's very meek and he kind of wants to kind of hang out in the back. And then Palmer, Palmer is also very much like adamant about. He's the one that's trying to kill um, Kurt Russell's character more than anyone else in the scene when he's locked outside. That's true. And he's also the one that is the most... He, he's also the one that's trying to call out um, the radio operator. Window. Windows. He's trying to call him out and trying to create more suspicion. So I got a vibe that it was like, oh, well, maybe he was, and he's just trying to stay in the shadows and not be detected. I think ultimately the goal of the creature is to infect and stay in the shadows. The only time the creature has to move on is when it's threatened or when well, it's I think killed. It, I think it knows it's not good at defending itself, really, because when it like goes into defense mode, all it does is like just start to morph and it really gets slow and like yeah, it so kind of just like whips you or like <laughs> its little tentacles around you. And yeah. You it's, can... So if we're saying that he's the the guy that we first see change is is not the first guy and it's yeah. someone else. You're saying that it can it can be in two different host bodies. Yes. And there's no necessary timeline to when it has to go I don't, all funky and weird. It's only, it's only when it gets itself. discovered, I feel like is when it But how does yeah. but the first guy gets discovered by accident? She walks into the, isn't it Windows? Is it Windows who walks into the uh, room and then sees him in the chair all f- flipping out with tentacles? Oh, he was like being eaten or something, it looked like, by the thing. Yeah, yeah it was like wrapping itself around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't, it It hadn't fully taken over him yet, but the, at that point, so here's the thing. Yeah. Was it? You have, there, there are, <laughs> it's so Jesus, funny when you I say, can't say here's that. the thing. It's there. <laughs> Go on. I know that's gonna fuck me up all in the, all episode. There are two of the of this creature on site, uh, on this site. There's the dog. Yes. And then there's the specimen they brought back from the Norwegian campsite. Okay. Uh, the Norwegian right. the the specimen from the Norwegian campsite is the one they put in the storage room, and that's the one that melts down, yep. thaws out, and then takes over. I think the dog takes over. It's it spreads itself to Norris. Okay. And the cadaver spreads itself to the next guy. And then it just the kind fukes? of to fukes, yes. But yeah, no, it's hard to it's hard to figure out the path of the alien though, this movie, don't you think, Cody? It is, but I let's start with where it does start off, where we know it starts off, and that's in that dog cage. Where that dog just strolls in there, growling at everybody like he's great. Just, scene. It, it doesn't even stroll in and growl. It does the cre- no. it does something creepier. It, it goes just... in and it sits down and it pretends like this is what a dog should do exactly. And it sits down just so rigid, just like that dog was so well trained that it was scary how how robotic it seemed. 
and how on cue it was. Like, yeah, being walking in, yeah. sitting stiff, all of the dogs around, just laying around like dogs do. But a ki- and this it- one looks like a sphinx just chilling there. That's not how it works, though, right? What? The alien is not actively trying to mimic us. It is perfectly mimicked, right? The dog wouldn't be doing a thing that a dog wouldn't do. Well, it needs time. It's mimicking the outside appearance, but it still re- maintains its consciousness. That's why it's so weird. It's so yeah. Well, because then the, the dogs are like, hey, though, you're not one of us. Dogs know. No, they got a whiff of that shit. They're yeah. like, nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. They know. So what we assume happens, I guess, is it starts just attacking all the dogs it, in there. It starts attacking all the dogs because what it's going to do is it's got to basically suck their life force out <laughs> so that it can, it's basically going to create three of itself and spread again. It's breaking off yes. into three. Mm-hmm. So because I think it has like three dogs. It's like four or five. See, but what they say is it needs a certain amount of time to be able to form Form. fully. Yes. And it seemed like throughout this movie, it never was given the chance to fully form. You know, it was always some weird. On camera, yeah. We never get to see the. the, Off camera, it sure does. And it's the time seems to vary. It seems that one of these ones out of the two is quicker than the other. (laughs) This is a well, but this is a well more put together virus. Takes over much one, quicker. One alien, like yeah. he, you know, he didn't, he didn't pay attention in morphing yeah. school. Yeah, he wasn't like, you know, he Just wasn't really good. At it. it does an awesome thing where you're like, okay, well, this dog that you've, you've, you've not really suspected of anything up until this point, now is like put in the cage. You're like, why is it acting all weird? Like, yeah. And then his face just rips open. <laughs> yeah. And then it starts spraying one dog with just like a fire hose of like weird goo. Yeah, I didn't know what that was at first. I thought it was you, you meant look. to kill the dog or infect the dog. Yeah, that's what I but thought. But then it was I think the tentacles are what infect yeah. you. No, it was just pee. Maybe 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 it's like maybe it's like a defense mechanism. Yeah, like some some creatures some creatures <laughs> like stun their prey. I like maybe that. it's like a stun spray. I think he just had I a pee. You think he had a pee? He's like, I've been holding this <laughs> this alien piss in forever. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been able to do it. Now I'm gonna Five thousand years his bladder's been packed. <laughs> and I'm gonna have a good time doing it. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, well, they're all covered in goo. If you realize, they're all kind of covered in goo before they're taken over. So it does, I think the spray thing is somewhat in the prep of taking over the, whatever the host thing is, like, where it's trying to take over. Because even, because what's even the guy, uh, even the guy who is in the um, storage room that gets taken over, when the tentacles are wrapped around him, he's all, like, purplish because he's covered in, like, purple goo. Yeah. When Windows gets, no, 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 no. When, when Windows when Fukes, finds, when Fuchs is being taken in the yeah, storage room. Yeah, but, like, room. remember when they burn Windows? Like he just gets his head bit open, and yeah. they just like torch him. He was starting yeah. to come back like a zombie. Yeah, so I'm I'm wondering like was it what I don't remember him getting sprayed. No, but he got, no, but he he got get... bit. I wonder if it is more like a zombie. It's like a yeah. T- we're we're going back into this. I know but it's so hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> we want to do we want to do the fans of justice and talk about the movie, but we just can't get off the topic of how the fuck this alien works. How the thing works. It's so dangerous. That's why, because it's so dangerous. It could do anything. It really can. Yeah. We just have to get to that point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but this is when you see, like, the, you start first to see the special effects really start to shine. Like, this is where, like, you get the first, like, weird looking demon fucking dog looking thing that's just, like, so gnarly. It's like a, yeah, it's like a dog with no flesh on, no fur. It didn't look like it had any flesh. It was just all, like, muscle and skull and shit. It's very, like, (laughs) it's like, it's very society. In a way, this one it's is. Got, yeah, it's got like kind of a body melt vibe to yes. it a little bit. Like throughout the whole movie, even with the face, the two faces, very that's twisted, very, yeah. fleshy, yeah. slimy. Yes. Yeah. It is kind of body horror in a way, this movie also. Because in a way, yeah. you're, you're being infected and something's taking over. Mm-hmm. 
your body, but everything you're seeing though is like like you know fucking stomachs opening up or do- dogs' faces ripping open and their backs ripping open and tentacles flying out. All yeah, those ten. I don't how they do that. that well, like, what's, yeah, what what's, are those what? air hoses? What? Oh, what? I don't know, dude. They look cool as hell. They yeah, work great. It's probably air hoses. But no, I think you know what is funny though. We want to know what this creature actually looks like, and it it that I think that's the actual creature's arms that come out of the back of the dog like that's the creature in like its true form is when it like reaches into the ceiling and tries to pull itself so out that shit was freaky i forgot about that yeah so did i and I was, it got away it didn't try to didn't it it got away no I they I got burn the that fucker they got to oh, the ceiling right. and they burn it oh yeah okay they burn these motherfuckers quite they burn so many of these motherfuckers so you know what burning. irritates me about the burning in this movie what? how quickly the fire extinguisher follows up it's like yeah, I'm, it's I'm, like I'm I don't think you have time cook. to char, man. I'm like, letting that guy cook. Let it char. <laughs> so what if we're taking down some of the some yeah. of the building? Let's 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 make sure it's dead. That's what I kept telling myself. It must have been that they were worried about burning the building down because why would anybody run in yeah. that? <laughs> and even well, even like Carusso's uh, character calls it out, like on the operating table, is like, wait, like let that shit fucking burn. Yeah. All right, now you know. Well, because they they make a point of like it being like not dead all the way because they didn't burn it. All yeah. Well, I mean, and, and even in the case with uh, the one on the table, the yeah. one that turns into a goo, like now you're like, okay, can it like pretend to be dead for quite a while and then melt? Mike into just a keeps goo? going back to this. Creature. I think so. <laughs> well, no, but it, but but it, even it, if it, it does prove that either this thing needs to be well done before it's not dangerous <laughs> or anymore. Frozen. Or like, I yeah, that was like a tentacle and arm arm coming down, not just I straight thought, goo. But is it? It is from one that they thought is dead. Again, yeah. also true form again. Just to go back to this, sorry, had to. It came up the end when it's like fucking ripping up floorboards because it's under the ground like tremors. Yeah, yeah. Like what the fuck is that? That's, that's it. That's its true form. Yeah, I guess. And like uh-huh. that's what I'm saying. I feel like it just takes the shape of whatever it fucking wants. It just does what it wants. It could be. It could be just a like just a. A body manipulating cellular creature that they here's the thing is can conform to whatever it wants. It's like other fans of this movie have put so much thought in this shit, and like yeah, I'm sure if you ask John Carpenter, he's like, I don't know, I made money on it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 well, okay, and, and actually, that is something I do want to talk about because I, yes, we're going into all these details and we're trying to figure everything out. But I think the beauty of this movie and why it works really well is because none of it makes sense, right? Like they. He created a world where definitely fire hurts it. Yes. Right? But it it does have a way of... You don't know how it does get to point A to point B. Trying to follow the creature and figure out where the infections actually happen, um, I think is calculated so that you can't figure it out. Yeah, I think so, so that too. It, it could be anybody at any point in time. There's Not only do we not know as an audience, but we'll never know. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into the ending, but... um. I don't know. I just think that that's a beauty of it. That yeah, yeah like this thing isn't quite to, to be not use a plan. It's not totally fleshed out. <laughs> and people have obsessed over yes. that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We're doing it right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're to just look at all the fan theories up there out there of how to tell who's the thing and who's not the thing. I yes. mean, there's the there's the thing with the eyes that's really what's the eye one? That's like you can see a glimmer. In the eyes of people who are still human and people who aren't, I also notice he tends to shoot the people who are infected with more uh, top lighting, creating harsh shadows on their faces. Here's the th- here's the thing though, I I that's what I thought the theory was in the eye thing. So I watched con- like cautiously with with that in mind, watching it this yeah. time around, and Clark 
never like there's a scene where his eyes are just like pitch black and there is no reflection on it so i was like oh he's one of them but he turns out to never be one of them mm-hmm. i think yeah i think he was just like I, he's like the only one that i saw in this, this film that did not have i don't know if john carpenter ever confirmed that was i don't a, think that was a real. thing i don't think that's real. real but what i think if anything if i had to get in, inside the mind of a, of a filmmaker who is attempting to convey something subtly i think the idea and the concept of more top lighting the characters to create more jagged, sharp, well-defined shadows under their eyes, under their nose, under their face is just a way to maybe subtly convey to the audience like uh, there's something off with this person. They're not being lit straight on so you can see their expressions. Some of them are hidden away. And I think, yeah. if anything, that was the conscious decision that ended up having the side effect of, well, they don't have any light reflecting out of their eyes, so maybe that means that's what that is. Hmm. I mean, yeah, because there is a, I mean, story-wise, there's absolutely a way you can tell what the creature is. You just burn the blood and yeah, they figure it out. Mm-hmm. Can so, somebody explain that to by me? By the way, that's my favorite scene in this whole fucking That's the movie. best scene Still in this movie. Shit, that right. movie it's is, a great scene. The movie is so good. That oh, that movie, Jesus. That scene is so fucking good just because of the dry comedy that's, that happens in it. Like after <laughs> after they discover Palmer and it's this big fucking dude, he can't get the flamethrower to work. It's yeah. just chaos, and then it just immediately cuts to completely calm, and then him testing the blood again, <laughs> and then it cuts, and now the next guy standing next to him, <laughs> and then it cuts, and then the third guy standing next to Kurt Russell. <laughs> it's just it's like a dry humor that fucking makes me laugh every time. And then Gary's outburst at the end is always is like one yeah. of my favorite lines. You know, talking about tied to the couch the rest of the winter. Um, but you want to know how that works? Well, I I didn't really pick up on what they were using the copper wire for. They like, hate heat. They heated it up. They knew fire no. hurt it. They knew heat hurt it. But they but the most important thing is that they that Kurt Russell comes to the conclusion that. Okay. It will protect itself it, it, yeah, automatically. It, it's not like us. Yeah, I, I cut myself. And I just it's didn't nothing. pick up yeah. that it was the heat that was bothering it for some reason. Yeah, it was like the way we would react to a burnt, say, a hot needle. Gotcha. Okay. And okay. That's, yeah, that was the that's idea. Right. That's right. That's a great scene and so much tension in there, Dude, too. Dude, when that fucking oh, thing, so when that blood jumps. I jumped. I oh did my too. God, yeah. That's the one part where I really did jump. And then, dude, that, that whole scene is just fucking badass. When he just starts shaking and then like his head explodes, yeah, and he bites another dude's head, <laughs> and that's what I mean. I think the I think that the thing is all about that is like the goal of this of this creature is to simply take over and hide and not be discovered and you know get the fuck out of there. One other thing, I think it rips through your clothes when it takes you over. Windows found some shredded long johns, but the name tag was missing. They could be anybody's. Nobody... Nobody trusts anybody now. We're all very tired. Brimley starts getting on one. Starts ripping up fucking controls. I I like him, by the way. He's great. He's fantastic in yeah, this Wolf movie. Brimley I only really knew him from the diabetes commercial. <laughs> so. That's where most people know him. But he was yeah. like in uh, uh, is eight or enough? Eight is enough or ten? Ten? I'll just definitely ten of us. Enough. I don't know. Um, but he, yeah, he's he's definitely like a presence. Yeah, something like a likable. 
<laughs> right? Well, he's a fucking asshole. I, I mean, like how he, he freaks reacts. out. I like, well, I like, I like yeah. his reactions to stuff, too, because, like, when they first reveal the body, he's, like, the what only you- one being, like... Like really audibly reacting to the odor that's coming that's, off of that's it. That's how you I know? knew he was human because he acted like a fucking human would. Chris, what do you mean he was an asshole, dude? Instead of Once like he realized, warning the whole team, like, hey, we need he to didn't figure know this who out. Was. I'm gonna fucking yeah. just start he killing. Didn't know who he was, was who? Yeah, he didn't know who at was that who. point. At that point, that you nah. figure out. Keep you figure mind. it out. He's a dick. You figure it out, and at that point, you don't even know if you 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 assume that you're the only one left. That's let's normal. look at it this way. There's been a million movies about this that aren't as, you know, like, conscious as this one is in terms of, like, the actual virus infecting. But, like, this happens in in zombie movies. This happens in, Mm -hmm. like, outbreak movies. Any outbreak movie, when a doctor is just like, okay, what... What are we dealing with? We're dealing with a like highly contagious thing here. All right, we need to quarantine the fuck. And then at some point in time, people start freaking out and going, "Well, fuck! Like, put these people in a goddamn mm-hmm. box and just like leave them there." Like they freak out, and that's what happens to him. Because keep in mind, he's the only like a- a- aside from Doctor Copper, like he's the only other science member on that team that like knows anything about this, and he figures out first, which is the worst part. Because he's the only one that knows exactly what type of danger he is in. Yeah. And yet, like, he's sitting there thinking, as a doctor, as a science person, thinking, like, science person, a scientist. <laughs> he's thinking, you know, shit, how long is this bringing me out? How long, is, how many people could it have infected? And he's coming to the conclusion, fuck, by this time it could have infected all of them. Yeah. Right. So his, his his reaction to that situation, I feel like it's justified being. Yep, I agree. It, even though he's coming off as just this crazed person, but it's like destroy the radios, destroy any means of transportation, destroy Don't let everything. This out. Lock this we shit can't down let this here. Out. I see he's being, your point. He's being the hero. The, yes, yes. But he's the god. Wilford Brimley's the goddamn hero in this movie, Chris. <laughs> it's not fucking Kurt Russell. Well, we still don't know how he gets infected by the thing. He gets infected uh, in the shed. It has to happen. We don't know some- for sure. There's a spaceship down there, but we don't know for sure. Here's the thing, though. He couldn't have been infected when he starts going berserk. I agree. Unless this alien is so smart that it's like, okay, I'm going to play some reverse psychology. I would do that. And I, I think I think this is a game. I think this characterization is another game, is another shell game. I think John Carpenter's like, okay, I'm going to have this character make it seem like he's locking shit down but the thing at no point does the thing want to be stuck here yeah so i think that's true the, that's, that's the true. that's the reveal of the shell game it's 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 actually wilford brinley's character like trying to stop the spread of this virus no it, it's true he is the hero chris and you're over there just tooting the horn of kurt russell <laughs> just tooting the horn of him well brimfrey's kurt a- russell was fair he Did actually put, he actually wanted to he actually wanted to put it to the test before he started executing people so uh, there's a scene in this, and I'm I'm glad we're talking about this because yeah, please do. It happens right at the beginning. BHS, right? Be hiding shit. No, Cody, come on. <laughs> um, Cody, BHS is not a thing, nor will yeah. it ever be a thing. Throughout this, we've been thinking about like, uh, you know, we've been doing some character work and stuff like that. So there's a scene where Kurt Russell's playing chess yes. with a computer, and it's early in the more in I'm sorry in the movie and. Uh, he loses mm-hmm. to this chess thing, and he dumps his whiskey yeah. into it to destroy it, right? And I remember thinking, like, okay, like, early in a movie when they show something like this, this normally establishes, like, this this action, this scene is really supposed to express, like, what, what this character is all about and what his motivations are. Right. And f- I was thinking the whole time, like, 
what are they trying to say? Are they saying he's a he's a smart guy, but he's not quite smart enough, but he's the type of dude that'll throw the fucking chessboard over when he loses? Is he mm-hmm. a frustrated guy? Yeah. And now I'm starting to realize that, like, so Wilfred Brimley is a scientific guy. He does the heroic thing that any scientist would do. Like, we got to fucking contain this thing. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, on the other hand, like, he kind of, like, is just... Only towards the end does he become the guy that's like, all right, we, if anything, we got to make sure this thing doesn't get off yeah, the yeah. goddamn continent. But before that, he is taking a lot of risks, like, and just being the type of dude that's kind of like fumbling and bumbling his way. Like, he's not calculated until the very end, I think. Oh, right? no, yeah. He's very much like at first, like, well, it could be you. Well, it could be you. Well, fuck yeah. you. And, and look, he shoots fucking Clark, and yeah. he's wrong. Right. He does yeah. commit murder. He that's kills true. the wrong guy. That's true. <laughs> no, hold on. Self-defense. No, I mean, yes, that's how that's yeah. how we justify it in the movie. But in reality, he doesn't have it all figured out. He is not a calculating guy. Right. No, and that's what I like the most about his character in this movie. He really does represent. He stands out from the rest of the scientists. He's not a scientist. He's a pilot. Like, yes. this is a jo- just a job for him for the most part, you know? So I feel like he really represents almost like the... How the the, the 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 every man would would respond in this situation? It's like kind of bumbling your way through, realizing some shits going down, stepping up a little bit, I and then at the end, it's like, all right, we like, haven't even got to like Nalls and, and freaking and Childs either. Well, we'll get to that I, because I, they, Childs, Child, Childs only really I think comes into his own when he's in the chair, that chair scene. Mm-hmm. Before that, you're kind of like, all right, he's just a dude in the back and kind of a dick, a little bit. Yeah, he's a ball buster. Yeah. He certainly is. And Knowles doesn't really, I feel like Knowles doesn't really do much in this. Uh, Knowles does, though, because he's the one who kind of turns, he turns on Kurt, mm-hmm. which causes yeah, Kurt to snap. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He turns on him, and he also uh, roller skates like a motherfucker. He yeah. roller skates like a motherfucker, and he also is very angry that dirty drawers end up in his kitchen, that's for sure. <laughs> Dude, wouldn't you, I if you were be. a cook? I would. Yeah. But, yeah, um, we can talk about them, but I feel like, like with Childs, you have to. It, it it's really towards the end that he Childs. I th- feel like is a more exaggerated version of what you're describing. Like Kurt Russell's bumbling. Childs just immediately goes to self preservation. Yes, he's definitely a survivor. Kill everyone like that we don't even remotely trust type of thing, you know. And I think that's 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 what I like about him. He he's definitely. He's like on the same level as Kurt Russell, but he's a more extreme version. Like Kurt Russell's character, McCready, is very. We need to solve this, but like, let's be a little more systematic and a little more level headed about what we're doing. And Charles is like, fuck that. Like, kill everyone and move on. And I, I like it. It's an extreme character in this situation. And it helps create even more tension and even more panic. Yeah, but it, he also seems somewhat of like a leader too, though. You know what I mean? Like in a weird. He strikes way. me as like this the character you'd see in a group that like wants to be the leader. But I think I think Kurt Russell put it perfectly. He's like, I think everybody be be happy if someone's a little more level headed. Like he that he characterized him perfectly. It's like. Yeah, you can. You probably have the potential to, but you're too extreme in one direction yeah. or another. He wanted to kill Kurt real quick. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, right. And I, yeah, I think that is. And then like end. you're right. I think he is a little bit like McCready, a little bit, but. But even he, that scene is so good because Childs does want to kill him, but then Palmer's like, "Let's do it." He's like, "Why are you so? Why? Why are you so eager to let him in?" Yeah, like he just he never trusts anyone in this movie. He's definitely a survivor. I think he's out for himself. He couldn't ever be the leader because he doesn't care about the people that would be under. They come. Mm-hmm. They become friends at the end, though. 
Uh, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I want to get to the end at some point in time. Are we there? Yeah, yeah that's good. I keep topic. asking, but, but like, just go into it. What does it matter? It's just We're like, I, so, you know, you get to the point and like they had the final showdown. It's first, it builds a ship. It's trying to build a ship. Yeah. Which is a that. weird thing because we're starting to like wonder like, okay, so this thing is smart enough, which lead, again goes back to the beginning. Did this thing fucking crash land or was it part of a thing? It definitely seems like it's smart. It's smart enough to build a ship. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's trying to build the ship. They realize that they blow this thing up, and then that's when they realize, like, we're going to be stuck here. We're in the middle of Antarctica, but we sure as hell won't, uh, you know, let this fucking thing off. Yeah. Yeah, and then they have the final showdown downstairs in the generator room. Right, but then there's the, then there's the after, right? Right, right, The explosion, and then you're like, Kurt Russell somehow survives it when you kind of think, like, okay, he must have- He almost died in that scene, by the way. Uh, he looked- for like real? he was For supposed real. to actually die in the movie, but he, he almost yeah. he almost died. I believe he, it. He he. Uh, I, I think it's a scene where he goes, "Yeah, fuck you," and he chucks the dynamite. That's a real stick oh, of dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He he chucked it, and it, he said it, it was a little bigger blast than he was expecting. So I mean, you see the explosion, you think maybe he committed suicide, and then uh, he kind of starts kind of like. Fumble, you know, kind of hobbling his way out of there. Somehow He's, found his bottle of JB and found his bottle of JB, and he sits down. And then you forget, like, oh yeah, where the fuck his child's been? He's there, he is. Yeah, shows up, and of course, McCready's like, where the fuck have you been? Yeah, and he said, I got lost in the storm, which sounds like a total lie. Yeah, and then they sit down and they drink a bottle. And then the question is like whether they believe each other or whether they don't believe each other. But also, well, let's let's talk. McCready's last line is, well, I guess we're just gonna s- sit here and see what happens. If any of us, if anybody yeah. has any surprises for each other, well, neither of us are in the shape to do anything about it. Is what right. he says, which is a great last line. Right. So it's it. They're both giving up to some level and extent. Yeah. So either one of them is infected, which could be a possibility. Yeah. Or. Like they actually did kill the the thing, and child actually did get lost in a fucking storm, which seems very convenient. So, so the first few times I saw this movie, yeah, I went with that as the ending that they were both humans, and that's how just, I thought it too. Um, after reading a lot, there's just so much fan theory on on it. Now I'm starting to think, well, shit, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's there's one theory that I really like, but I was trying to see if I thought it held up, but. The theory is that um, McCready hands Childs the, a bottle. Yeah. But it's like a Molotov cocktail he still has on his waist that's like full of kerosene. And Childs takes a swig of it and doesn't gag or reflex or anything. And it's like, oh, maybe that means it's him. And then it's, of course, the sparkly eye thing where his eyes are very dead and dull in that last scene. Hmm. So, mm. so but doesn't, I thought McCready takes a swig too. We see, we see that. I think the 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 thing that supports that theory is that when he takes a swig, we see label. We okay. see that it's his bottle and of whiskey. And when we see Childs take the swig, it, it we don't see a label, and it looks slightly like a different label than what McCready was taking a swig of. So, fan theory, you know. Okay. Know. Do you think it's possible? Let I mean, do you think it's possible McCready is the, the got is, infected before he? I don't. You don't think it's possible? I've never, at all. I've never thought that. How does shirt get in? How does shirt get discovered in his furnace? I, I don't know. Right. Well, that that doesn't he test his own blood in the scene? Yeah, he does. So yeah. we know it's not him. At least yeah. until I'll, after he has the fight. Yeah. 
with... We know he's human until yeah. the confrontation and the explosion. Right. So the question is, did he survive the explosion because he got infected and he walked away infected? Or And... I don't think it... it no, I've I, heard that so, theory. I don't believe it either. I I'm just saying I've heard this. I think if anyone's affected at the end of it, it's child. Yeah. and It's definitely it, what the film is saying, but yeah. if anything, the film is it also trying fall, to misdirect It kind of falls time, in so. line, though, if, if you're to look at... Because this is the first one in, in John Carpenter's, like, you know, what is it? Is Apocalypse trilogy? Um, It kind of falls in line, though, with how his final hero kind of is in those movies, right? Kurt Russell's character survives and uh, we don't get necessarily that he is or is not infected right at the end of prince of darkness that character has that last vision yes. at the end of in the mouth of madness we see that sam neill's character is not insane the world around him actually did fall apart because of a book and he's like the one one that's left and right. i think that's like a running theme is like i think i think the way that this is set up it's to create the bleakest outcome possible and what's more depressing of an outcome than your last your your final character who survived all this shit only to be face to face with the a- alien in the last shot and i think that's if i had to put like uh, uh, some kind of you know why uh, a director would choose that path I, that makes the most sense to me cuz that helps to reiterate that kind of yeah sad ending well, and what even makes it more sad is they even make a comment that this fire is not going to last very long. So they're going to, it's either somebody's going to morph or they're going to freeze to death before right. they're, before anybody comes and to then help they them. they cut right there, which is, you know, a genius thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. they don't answer the question because. Uh, it bugged me, but then I was like, yeah, but that's why I kind of like it. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. right, right. Yeah. And we, people wouldn't talk about it like this if it had like a good. There was an original ending that I don't think was ever shot, but was written. I think the, um, I think it was the, the producer or somebody was trying to urge John Carpenter, like, look, I don't think this ending's going to test well with audiences. So the, the, the original ending was. Um, it was going to cut to Kurt Russell's character in like a medical facility uh-huh. and them testing his blood. And like he passes the test, I guess. And that's like, that was supposed to be like where it cuts. I like the idea of even questioning it at the end of like, well, is he or isn't he? Or yeah. what's going on here? They're just going to freeze to death out there. Or... Yeah, they're just going to, they're both going to die. And then someone's going to find those corpses and the process will start over again. Well, I mean, there is. So, I'm sorry to go back to the beginning of the film a little bit, but, okay, so when they find the one Norwegian guy who has his throat slit, mm-hmm. he slit his own throat. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I the tried same to thought about the motivation as to why he did that. Was it, did you say Dr. Cooper was the uh, younger guy with glasses? Is that his name? Uh, Doctor Cooper was the other, si- yeah, the other science. So, I mean, in, yeah. the, in the film, they, they, they think that he burned himself because he became infected. Which could possibly be like somebody but, killed themselves before yeah, they like, got infected. It's like shooting yourself in the head when you know you're going to turn into a zombie, right? So, but so this guy slit his own throat. I think he did that before the the they could the infection could ever even take. Of place. course, I'm sure this is answer this is all answered in the prequel, which I imagine is not very good at all. I, well, <laughs> it, the question is, is like for me, it's like okay, let's let's assume that one of them is still alive. Right, I'm sorry. That what that either McCready or it's one of them is an alien. Childs or McCready, right? Yeah. Uh, let's say, let's just say, for instance, it's Childs. If he, if McCready kills himself and dies, 
is is it like child like the alien is stuck out in the middle of Antarctica is going to die or is it just going to freeze no, again? Just freeze again. Uh, freeze and then again. it's going to be fine. Out, so yeah. I'm try- I, I guess I'm trying to figure out what the goal here I think that I think that's is. why the last thing we see in this film is McCready have a laugh to himself after Childs takes a swig of the whiskey. Well, cuz you know yeah. and he's like He's like he lost. There's nothing he can do. Okay. All right. Eventually, All right. there's gonna. So, be... And I'm wondering if that's the Norwegian. Is what I'm saying. Is the Norwegian the same way? But then I, I guess it doesn't really explain how the other Norwegian gets away, trying yeah. to shoot it. But well, it looks like they attempted the same thing. They attempted to burn the facility down and destroy Correct. it. And... But one of the guys definitely was just like, "I'm just gonna kill myself because either I'm going like I'm going down with the ship, or I've been." Because I, I, I believe once you've been infected, there's no way that you're dude, killing yourself. That dude was probably in the same way as, as, as like, uh, um, Wilford. You know what I mean? Like, knew what the probability of this was going to spread, how quickly it's going to spread, and what his chance of it was. Like, fuck that, dude. See, but the, 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 again, man, now we got to go back to the alien thing again. But, like, <laughs> once you get infected, does this thing take over enough that it's self-preservating itself that yes, you wouldn't absolutely. be able it's to kill con- yourself? It, you you oh, are yeah, you, you anymore. Not, yeah, you would right. not be able to kill yourself. Nothing okay. about you. So, so all it is is if I if I was to put on a Mike's a Mike skin suit, yes. I would be me, but in your your Correct. form. So I wouldn't want to kill myself. An uninfected person is only killing themselves because A, they've gone absolutely insane and they just want to die. Or they're trying to stop the spread. Yeah, or they're yes. trying to stop the spread by killing themselves ahead of time. In which case, what was the other Norwegian doing in the helicopter? <laughs> What do you mean? What was he doing? I mean, dude, it could have hit. Yeah, I, I think you're overthinking this a little bit. Like, I think honestly, it could have simply been we like like they find this one. This one guy just decides to take his own life because he doesn't want to deal with the shit, which is possible. That, right, right. That's a possibility. And the two guys in the helicopter were the last two survivors, and then they realize, fuck the dog. Yeah. And okay. the dog takes off, and they go after. Because I'm trying to take it now back to the very ending of this. Uh, there's two people either going to freeze to death or one of them is an alien. Well, they're both going to freeze to death. The alien's not going to do shit because he doesn't need to do shit. It's not going to. It's not going to fuck with Kurt Russell's character at the end because it has what it needs. It has something to hide inside that will be carried off eventually. But, it, but isn't it, it programmed it, it, just to spread? So wouldn't it it's take programmed over to Russell hide. anyways? It's programmed to hide. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily programmed. There's no goal in if 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 the alien is child's, for instance. There's no point for it to jump into McCready because McCready's just going to die anyway. Yeah, there's too. no there's no benefit that McCready can bring. Although to this thing. it no, there is a benefit. What is it? Because now it, there's two of them frozen. I don't think that's the I don't think that's the goal. The goal of this creature we discussed on this podcast uh-huh. with the fact that Palmer is infected this whole time and doesn't and only reveals itself when it becomes threatened. Okay, and when it blood blood gets discovered, it's now threatened. When it's in the if it's in the body of Childs. It has no threat because it's basically Childs and a half dead Kurt Russell. Like there's no there's no perceived threat anymore. But right, wh- but so it wh- wouldn't... why wouldn't it spread to McCready? Uh, only for the sake of now I have yeah. two options yeah. of being frozen two and maybe hosts. getting to something. Yes, yeah. I don't think that's its goal. I think its goal is to simply get get out of Antarctica any means possible. I don't think it really cares how many so, it has. So, but the, the chances are better with two, and the thing is, is because... That's a gotta, weird argument. No, because you got to think that there's going to be, at some point, 
someone from either country is going to be coming and looking for may, may take you know a couple months yeah, and, or whatever. And, and at that time, the alien then now now has its other opportunity to. Yeah, spread. but here's the here's the thing. It should know like okay, here comes here comes the U.S. They're coming to get me and McCready. But now McCready knows that I'm an alien. So as soon as they land, McCready's like, "That's the alien, kill it." Mm-hmm. No, they're gonna be. They're both gonna be dead. They know they're gonna be dead in a few hours. It's like yes. fucking sixty below in Antarctica. Like, no, it's nice there. Oh my god, <laughs> they, it's global a, warming. It's a, they, they, it's a balmy winter. This they year. Again, they know for warming. a fact that they're gonna be dead in a very short while. They both know it. Global warming, Kyle. It's it's really right. That's a, I mean, I I kind of see what you're wanting to solve here but i just don't think it's i don't think the alien the more we talk about the more i feel like the alien's sole purpose is really just to like get to To, a safer place and and not be detected i just thought it was to spread and that was the what the whole computer calculation was it's like it will spread to the population within 227,000 hours what's the goal of spreading to eight people that are isolated in in a frozen tundra it was already in a frozen tundra and it didn't work out he already tried this at the Norwegian camp and it didn't work out like let alone one if he's sitting there with McCready well yeah I don't know I don't know what the purpose of it spreading is but it seemed like that was the goal was to get spread as far and wide as possible the fear is the possibility of the spreading it's like this thing is so infectious that if it hits a population, then yeah, it could spread really fucking quickly, which makes it a which which makes it like a destructive thing. But again, back also back to 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 the whole thing. If it's a conscious being, it's not going to try to like spread and kill everybody. It's gonna, you know. So, I mean, this is let, I guess let's it's a question. About this way. Does this, this creature- one thing get to come down, spread? Let's say it gets seven hundred people, and then it it just becomes. Full versions of itself. I don't. I don't honestly think. I don't honestly think this thing even wants to infect more than it has to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that fact is proven by it trying to build a spaceship to get the fuck off this planet. It crash landed somewhere that it probably didn't want to be. Why, dude? That's a good point, man. Why is it trying to get in a spaceship? Because it fucking wants to leave. Yeah, no, that's to get the fuck out of there. So no, what's the point? Kids, Mike. First time I ever thought about this. Yeah, the, a few the hundred thousand. Yeah, like, so it's going to go to where it can to build what it needs to. Does so it, if it needs to infect ten people to help build the spaceship, it will infect ten people to help build. Say once it's done, it's like I'm out. Bye, does bitches. It, does it understand how many years have passed? Like, does I, it know that it's probably its family members back on its home planet? Uh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> or that they're trapped, that their family members well, could we, be we, trapped well, in a mine waiting for people to free a, them, a creature, their souls. Hold on, I think a creature like this doesn't have to worry about I think it's immortal, if anything. Yeah. Probably lives forever if it can reconstitute its own cells. If it's married, it's... If it's married... No, it's definitely... I, just, <laughs> I also agree with you guys, though. It's so weird. It has to have like this shared consciousness, though, because if it's building the spaceship to get off... like. If its goal was just to take over and spread like they originally thought in the, in the thing, like, yeah, why the fuck would it be building a spaceship? Yeah, that's Shits what I'm saying. Get- it's the first time Kyle just mentioned it, and that's why I was like, oh yeah, now I just put that two together. Like, like sh- well, it's not it's not trying to fly to to America. Yeah, it's not going to fly <laughs> to fly off the planet. In which case, it's like okay, it's here. It it has it has the option to infect everybody. Which would mean it's a, but it doesn't want to. Which do would mean that. that it's an intelligent life form that's just jumping from generation to generation that it keeps taking over. And I, I, who knows what the actual purpose of this alien species is? 
Who knows? Like we're we're I think we're going into thinking this is some sort of conqueror race, and it might not even be that in the slightest. It just has this. That's what I'm saying. It has this ability to 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 it's just to to take on other it's just, forms. It's just Bill who had a traffic accident. Everybody, yeah, the whole little fender bender. <laughs> the whole sound back a hundred thousand. When the are flying out and it's making all those sounds, what he's really saying is, "Hello, humans. I mean you no harm. I simply need one single host to get off this planet, yeah. and I will be on my way." Does, does anyone have a flux capacitor? Yeah. I know I may look terrifying, and I'm eating your friends. <laughs> I apologize. I only need one of your friends to leave. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do for your family? <laughs> Could have been this is like a hero story time. back on yeah. this planet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're going to tell tales of, of Frank who accidentally landed on fucking planet yeah. 3242. Yeah. It's like he fought his way through an icy tundra and got back home. I mean, yeah. he's a fucking hero. These monsters gave, gave, attacked him with him blow, with, with flamethrowers <laughs> and they gave dynamite. Him the key to the city when he got back to his fucking home planet. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the thing. And Clark was human, huh? Which makes you a murderer, don't it? Palmer now. This is pure nonsense. Doesn't prove a thing. I thought you'd feel that way, Gary. You were the only one that could have got to that blood. We'll do you last. All right, we're back. We're talking about the thing 1982. Let's get into some of the technical aspects of it. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? Uh, I will say that one of the things that does kind of get me on this movie, and I don't know if it's the music. I blame the music or maybe the shot style of this film. Man, I I had to watch this movie twice because the pacing of it just it takes it ta- it takes a while for the story to get going. I feel like especially the mm. opening shots almost too long of them chasing down that dog. I'm like, will you just fucking get it already at this point? Like, I don't know if it's because I've seen the movie a lot. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie a lot, and I'll agree. Like, I think like the first half of the movie it drags a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't. Yeah, I I've... I don't either. I I think this film captivates throughout. And I don't know if it's because I don't know if it's because and the music's a little downtrodden. Music didn't really stand out to me much in this. Music is done by Ennio Morricone. It's done by Ennio Morricone, (laughs) and he he uses synthesizers to mimic the whole intro. Is like, dude, I will say that shit. I see. It's it's one of those things where I'm like, like, wait, Carpenter did this or no? Morricone did. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So he specifically used synthesizers. Sounds like a Carpenter to mirror Carpenter's style. Okay. I was about to say because there has to be because. Yeah, it sounds so much like something Carpenter would write. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. and I, I have, thought it was. I didn't do any I, research. I, I really like the soundtrack in this one. Oh, I didn't write it either, Chris. I, I think it does a good job. I don't. <clears throat> I don't necessarily know if I felt like, like I have issues with with my issues with this film are more on the editing side than like in terms of overall pacing. Like there are things, and I was thinking about this. You know, I think this is just an issue with John Carpenter. Like, you know, I can find moments of this in all of his films. There's just weird edit choices. There are, there's, like, there's two scenes that stand out in my head in this film. And the first one is when the Norwegian gets shot at the beginning. That edit is so choppy and doesn't feel, it doesn't feel clean. Like, it cuts to uh, Gary, knocks out the glass, takes aim fires but like 
the 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 cut to shot is the guy walking, standing, and then like waiting for a squib to go off. Yeah, it's such a it it should it should be just finessed a little bit more to feel like one fluid action, but it doesn't. It feels like action bump bump action. Like there's there's like too many beats in there or something. And then there's a scene when um the doctor brings uh, McCready out to the the tractor and he explains to him all the notes he found. Yeah, and that scene starts with them. It seriously looks like two actors sitting in a cab waiting for the director to call action. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just sitting there looking around like, what are you looking around for? You're in a closed, secluded cab. Like This felt sloppy. And it, it felt sloppy, yeah. And like the act the like it should just pick up with them in the cab, but like there's this establishing exterior shot that is unnecessary and feels like it actually disrupts the flow that's happening right there. Mm-hmm. And I see this in a lot of John Carpenter's, almost all of his movies. Like the the worst offender, just to jump off topic, is Big Trouble Little China. Mm. The whole scene when we first see uh, when when Jack's on the phone with the insurance company and the the other guy comes in, Eddie's friend, um, and it's like, wow, the guy you're always ta- t- tell me about, yeah. And then he's on the phone and Jack Burton's like spelling his name out, and then the guy's like, Jack Burton, like it's the first time he's ever heard it. It's just yeah. like weird. Me and my friend always describe it as like somebody dropped the script on the editing floor and like <laughs> shuffled it back together. Like that seems right. And they edit it to that. And, like, I don't know if it's just an issue. I don't know if he edits everything or if he has an editor he uses primarily. But, I mean, that's my only real gripe with technical. You really, you really Some, hate John Carpenter. Sometimes I, I think it's just, like. Seven movies chosen. <laughs> sometimes you just use what you got to, like, make the cut work. And maybe they yeah. just didn't shoot it enough of what they needed yeah, but to make the cut work. So they had to, to like, splice in to something. Kyle's point, though. To do that over multiple films seems like right, and you know what? Honestly, the issue isn't doesn't strike me as he didn't have enough. It's almost like he shot so much that he felt obligated. Okay, because the stuff that I'm talking about, all you could to to re-edit and make it feel smoother is simply delete and establishing shot. Okay, and it would be a smooth smooth scene. Yeah, and he's operating on a level right now with a budget enough to not make that. Type of but mistake. he is that operating. he doesn't like. We ran out of footage and we were just shooting one it's, take. It, it you know what the funny thing is though, like John Carpenter, I feel like he he he's he's fucked in one way or another. He either gets no budget, or in this case, in this film, he has a budget, but he has an insanely tight deadline. It's the only reason he didn't do the music because mm. he had no time to actually do the music. So he asked. Do so you think it is possible that he's he's always working with he's always less working than against enough? something? Yeah, like yeah, but like. In terms of footage, because what he's describing is kind of like a footage thing, right? Like, you shoot a few takes, and then you realize, oh, fuck, I missed a part. And then you edit around it the best you can. It comes out a little choppy, but it works, right? right? That's a very independent film thing that we see a lot. But I feel like he's operating on a level right now That's true. with enough money where, like, Really? Did it's you really all pretty make that fucking mistake? Yeah. Like, did you really? You have other people. Well, that yeah. Told if we you? if we look at my big trouble in little China example, then yeah, I w- I would think that they. We're going back to that low budget way of doing it. You get your takes. You got you got what you got there. And in this one, it's like he got more than he needed, but he didn't have the time to actually finesse the shots. Okay. So that's what All I'm right. saying. He's either he's either doing the low budget thing where he's just using what he's got, or he has a budget, but he doesn't have the time to actually utilize the footage that he got like properly. And there's some parts where it's almost like it just ends up being choppy feeling. It's mm. it yeah it's just it's an observation I've had on John mm. Carpenter films. 
What do you say we rate this, Mammer Jammer? Well, Kyle, what are we rating it? We're going to rate this Kurt Russell's floppy hat. All right. Chris, how many floppy hats are you going to give the thing? I'm going to give this four and a half floppy hats. Um, I don't think this is my favorite John Carpenter movie, um, but going back and seeing it after a long time, um, it was a really great watch. I mean, I just I realized how good of a drama it is between these characters and how much anticipation like uh, Carpenter builds throughout this story. Um, I do agree with what Cody said. I think the first half for me was a little long. It felt like it took a while to get to some of those iconic scenes that we all remember from the thing. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised to um, that there's actually more uh, more effects and more like awesome scenes that utilize effects than what normally gets publicized with this movie. You usually see just a couple screenshots from the same, you know, the spider head. Um, you know, like kind of the things that made it iconic, but there's so much in here towards the back half of the movie with monsters and creatures and like twisted up bodies and, you know, just, I, I, they really went all out with like the effects budget. And I think that is the major shining star of this film. Kurt Russell, of course, is a great character. So that adds to it. And of course the location I think is sort of like one of a kind. I don't know how often we go to Antarctica in films, but, uh, it was really cool, you know, because of the isolation that these people are in. No way to get in or out. Um, Carpenter, you know, really was at the top of his game with this with this film. So four and a half. Um, I think it's a really, really solid movie, but maybe not my favorite Carpenter film. March of the Penguins, Chris. Look it up. March of the Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the North Pole, dude. Yeah, that's the North no. Pole, I'm pretty sure. No, it's no I don't think there's South Penguins Pole? in the South Pole. Yeah, they're in the South Pole. They're they're down there. They're, they're yeah. getting it done. Google All it. Right. All right. No. Okay. I have no idea either way. Google it. Both answers are correct in my book. Yeah. They just like it where it's cold, bro. They just hang out. It's chill. It's fucking penguins. I'll go next. Uh, let me see here. Huh. I'm at a five. I mean, I love this movie. It, I, I think I love it so much. It, it's one of those ones where it's a five for me because it is. it, it, it probably is but Carpenter's most well put together. I don't know if it's my favorite either to be honest with you, but it's his well most, it's his probably his best put together film. Like in my opinion, as far as like story wise goes and just intrigue. And the fact that this is probably one of the best sci-fi movies ever of all time too. It's in that category. So I have to put it up on a pedestal even more um, because it, it, it is, it's not, um, it's not a, it's not a monster alien thing. It's this really terrifying thing of like a virus and what, um, people are afraid of if the the ice caps start melting and things being released and that could destroy all of civilization. Like this is like, you know, a legitimate fear that people have in the science community. And he's kind of taken that story and then made it into an alien story, which is pretty cool. Um, so, and I, I just really enjoy that. So uh, to me, like this is the master at his finest, um, you know, and it's really weird because it's not written by him. And it's not the music isn't by him, so some of the stuff isn't by him. No, no, it's not Bill Lancaster. So what? What information am I confusing? Definitely not Bill Lancaster. Like I said, who was the writer of this film? <laughs> who uh, it didn't so necessarily didn't really feel like a John Carpenter film. You say because of all this Burt Lancaster bullshit. <laughs> 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 all this Bill Lancaster. 
choices. Yeah, maybe Bill Lancaster. Bert Lancaster, not B- Bill. Maybe no, he's Bert. Yes, this is Bert Lancaster's son. Yeah, Bert, Bill Lancaster. Look him up. Bert Lancaster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is. I, I I retract my statement. So the pseudo names that John Carpenter have used in the past is Frank Armitage, John T. Chance, Rip Height, and Martin Quartermass. Oh, Martin Quartermass. Wow. So those are the names that he's. Can I just used. say it's a mouthful? No, as part Bill of Lancaster does sound like a pseudo name. Sound like a pseudo it's, name for somebody does. that is trying to say like because I when you were saying it, <laughs> Kyle, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's giving homage to Burt Lancaster, <laughs> and now finding out that Bill <laughs> Lancaster is actually just the son of Burt Lancaster. <laughs> it's like Nicolas Cage. Plot he's, thickens. He's man. like giving homage to Luke Cage. So five for me, Mike. Yeah, I'm giving it a five for for a lot of the same reasons that Chris said and and, and you as well, Cody. Um, I think I actually do believe this is this is my favorite John Carpenter film. <laughs> <laughs> what? No one's laughing I, right now except I, you. I almost said or Bill Lancaster film. <laughs> I don't even know uh, anymore. It's, it's definitely my favorite Bill Lancaster film. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's also true. <laughs> I saw Bill's filmography. Oh my god, what if J- John Carpenter <laughs> assimilated with Bill Lancaster oh and then they're the same person? <laughs> it's always been Bill. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it this is this has always been my favorite John Carpenter film. I think it's the most polished. Um I like it for a lot of what Chris said, like the fact that it's a drama, that it's it's guided by like paranoia and chaos. I think that's amazing. Um, and look, The Shining Star, I still think this is some of the best practical effects I've seen in a film. To this day. Like, to, like yeah. It's, I it's, agree. It's nuts. Like, looking back and seeing the shit they were doing, it's just like, wow. Like, there's stuff that I, like, I remember seeing Reanimator and being like, wow, this stuff is pretty decent. But, like, you look at the thing and it's just like, holy shit, man, how do they even do this? Yeah, like I, I, I just don't know how they did a lot of this stuff, and it looks very, very real to me. Um, other than that, yeah, again, like just acting too, phenomenal. Yeah, very yeah. low key, nothing too aggressive. Like it's just it's not, not too big. It's just real raw human emotion in a really realistic setting with unbelievably realistic uh, uh, special effects. No, it's just phenomenal. Nobody was too big. That's what I liked. No about one it. was too big. No one was too Everybody, big. No one went too crazy. Yes. Like, even, like, let's say Aliens or something like that. Like, Bill Paxton's a little too big, right? Yeah. So you're like, I don't know if you'd act. No one in this acted that way. They were very, like, I, I believed all of them. I agree. Yeah. Alien is the only other film that I know that, that does that. Yeah. Where you just feel like people are almost almost to the point where they're just going through, like, they're real people going through the course of their day. Yeah. And they've been hit with this. Craziness. Ridiculous, chaotic, yeah. Yeah. Scenario. Next thing you know. Yeah. They let the souls of Martians out of a mine. Yeah. They start possessing people. Which is weird because you wonder, <laughs> you wonder where things changed between these two films. Right kind of like takes over. The continued trend of anytime yeah. we talk about John Carpenter film, we have to talk about Ghost it's of Mars for at least 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should your quarter for this yeah. episode. All right. All right. Well, Kyle. <laughs> I almost took over the show. All right, Kyle. Kyle what are you going to do? It right? is your right. pick. You, you are next. Uh yeah, I'm also gonna come in at a five on this film. You know, I this is this is probably easily one of my favorite John Carpenter films. It's a it's a tie with I think I feel like I said that every single time we've reviewed John Carpenter movie, haven't I? No, I don't think you said that with a Christine. 
No, I, you're right. I didn't yeah. say that with Christine. With a Christine. With a Christina. <laughs> I don't think I said it with a Christina. <laughs> it's like any Omaricone just like came from the dead channeled and like him. channeled him. That or, that or Mario. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Mario. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I do say that. I mean, I'm always going to love Big Trouble Little China because of just the special place that it, it is in my heart. But if I'm looking at all of his films as a total, I think the thing is my favorite because of how how well the story's put together, how well the drama... I think this is, like, his best... This is the best story in the script that he's that he shot. The characters, the way the drama's created, the way the suspense is built, the way yeah. that the subtleties that he puts into his shots, it still has the quintessential, like, carpenter look, I feel like, but it's polished a little bit more. Yeah, and and, uh, and when I came into this, I was actually going to I was actually going to knock this down maybe a half a point because I felt like the editing might have been an issue. But actually, in the middle of this through this conversation, I realized that there was a bunch of shit like subtleties that like Mike caught or you caught that I didn't never caught on. I've seen this movie like fifteen times now that I didn't catch on to before, and I'm like, well, shit. There's still more to be discovered. I'm still going to watch this movie and 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 notice tiny little subtleties, little differences, little things I never caught on before. And that's what I love about this movie. So, yeah, it's five floppy hats from Kyle. <laughs> five floppy hats. I know I was going to say that the, the, the fact that this is a little more polished for me is what makes it not my favorite. Because I'm used to like I kind of like crazy crazy carpenter when he yeah. when he takes chances and stuff like that like but the thing is he still does in this movie yeah, when it true. comes to the gore like and that's what we were talking about i think at the top of the show which was like but is that him or is that bill lancaster <laughs> <laughs> that, <that's junk>. <laughs> <laughs> but like there every john carpenter movie has some extreme element right yeah. it's the it's the grittiness of it the 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 kind of the the dystopian outlook of society that you get with like Escape from New York, you know the 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 low budget independent film look you get of Assault on Precinct Thirteen. This movie, the the I think the 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 extreme thing is the gore, and it's done so well. And you you said it looks like legit to you, and like it's cool because in this movie, I almost get a comic book vibe from the gore because there's stuff that looks legit, but then there's the scene where um where the where um uh, Norris's head is getting pull is pulling away from the body, and there's all this yellow and green yeah. strings, and there's like bubbles of goo popping and stuff, and it's a very much a comic book. It's like it, 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 you know, it's like comic book gore and action that's happening right there, and it's that blended with, I mean, then you have like appendages pop out of the dude's head and eyeballs come up, and it starts like walking. You know, it's like there's there are scenes where the dogs are being ripped apart, and it looks so legit, looks mm-hmm. so real, and the contorted bodies look real. But then you have this fan high fantasy kind of outlook on the this creature ripping itself apart. You know, and it's I, I love the way the two are blended. I think it's funny that too, just to say that our first two Halloween episodes both have films from 1982. Yeah, and good year. Both good of year. them, both of them have been rated three five stars, one point four, one four point five. Well, I'm glad I'm just not the bad guy this time. Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> Chris gets to be the Everybody one, the one who an didn't give one thing a perfect five. It's okay. I appreciate it. You know, it. I get it. Chris thinks it's middle of the road. That's fine. Yeah, no. Chris, <laughs> in, what wor- <laughs> in what world is it middle of the road on our yeah. show? 
Uh, 4.5 is middle of the road on a John Carpenter film. <laughs> Half a point off of a perfect score, and no, you're middle of the road. Like, I like you, like Christine. I think like a three. I feel or like something. I feel like we we we, yeah. we deal with such beloved films that it's like 4.5 is like blasphemy. Why did you hate it? <laughs> so how do we end this show? We end it by doing this. We end it by saying. Make sure you follow us on social media at Cult Film underscore review on Twitter and then Cult Film Interview on Instagram. Then go to cultfilminterview.com for everything Cult Film and Review. <laughs> Get your t-shirts there. T-shirts. Get your t-shirts there. Put in your film requests there. Watch your videos there. Listen to your episodes. Get it all. One-stop shop. Cult Film in review.com all right guys you can follow kyle ah! you can follow me on instagram at cult film underscore kyle you can follow chris ah! cult film underscore chris on instagram you can follow mike ah! at mike salute you on twitter you can follow me at vhs collect on snapchat and instagram that sounded like mike had a hard time in the class. Was, <laughs> really upset. he was not confident about that yeah. <laughs> that's our show remember if you're gonna join a cult make sure they watch good movies we'll see you next time